Everybody, I'm Peter, and I'm so sorry I built a super weapon to kill my entire culture. When he has a jetpack, he's a weapon. It's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode-by-episode deep dive into the Star Wars animated series, Rebels. I thought you were going to say, welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast edition. Yeah, I know. It's, we've been doing so much <laughs> D&D, it's actually hard for me to not do the D&D intros. I know, I kind of forget how this goes. But we are here to finish season four, which is exciting wow. to me. Wow. Um, you know, Corona, children, moving, fires, all these things oh have gosh. led to a very long layoff. But in some ways, I think this is actually kind of an interesting thing. Because Star Wars hasn't honestly been a huge part of my life in the last couple of months. Yeah. So revisiting this is super interesting. How about you? Yeah, it's 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 weird. My relationship with Star Wars is just so different than it was um, a year ago. Um, two a year year and a half ago. It's I, I, mm-hmm. I feel I feel like it's kind of been a slow maybe year in the making of of this. It's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to talk about which we're going to totally. Yeah, um, but before we jump into the meat of the episode, I just want to say, please, thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for subscribing. Thanks for leaving us reviews on iTunes. We don't do a lot of advertising. We're not great on social media. So if we have any growth, if anyone has found our show, it's because of people like you telling their friends. So we super, super appreciate it. And we really hope that we can close this out strong. Yes. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for telling people. (laughs) <laughs> totally um so it's been so long i don't even really remember how this ha- how this uh how we start the episode so i'm well, just gonna yeah say. and uh typically and we're, we're gonna be following the format of uh we do we i usually lay out the theme of the episode right the yeah. what i kind of almost a literary analysis on what i think went down but this week we're doing it slightly different because we wanted to spend some time chatting just about Star Wars in the world. Yeah, the state of the canon, our relationship yeah. to it. Kind of oh, wait, wait, wait. I remembered. Hey, Mike, are you ready? I'm ready. Pete, are you ready? I'm ready. We wanted to, since we have had such a layoff, we wanted to just kind of chat about how, check in with each other, see how we're feeling about Star Wars, the state of things, and the canon in general, because, you know, this did start out as a canon podcast. It's kind of morphed a bit um, Hmm. in good ways, I think. Um, Hmm. But I, yeah, what what do you think, Mike? You need to unpack what you're talking about, because we're still just talking about canon. Um, I mean, we're still concentrating on the canon, so I guess I'm. Confused. I guess you're right. Yeah. So I guess maybe what I'm tr- what I'm thinking about is the. I remember the conversations that helped us start this podcast. We used to work together um, on Fridays. We both had work from homes. We worked at a different company, but we would go to a coffee shop. And half the time we would stop working and just talk about Star Wars and be like, oh, my God, did you see this episode? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. And a lot of it was like, oh, so this planet they talked about in Clone Wars. Yeah, it was cool because then they brought this up in this thing and blah, blah, blah. blah. And we would talk about, you know, the connections, the kind of history of yeah. the universe, build it out. And it was a very organic thing to us. I remember it. It felt very nostalgic for me because that's the stuff I liked in Legends when I was a kid. You know, I'd read the mm. comics and try to build out this world in my head that was more than the movies, more than, you know, the everything else is the books, is the comics at that time. Now, I'm... That feeling has is, is slipped away a bit for me. Um, and I, I gotta say, it has to do a lot with Rise of Skywalker, and this is all just my personal opinion. Um, but I was so optimistic about the story group them redoing all the canon, having something super tight and a direction. 
And we talked about this in the, in the review of the movie, but it just feels like they threw a lot of that out the window and it feels just as disjointed and kind of sporadic as a lot of the legend stuff used to. That might be a hyperbole, but that's kind of my gut reaction to this. And so now I'm less looking at Star Wars as like these little connections where things tie together and the cool history and things like that. And more of just like, how do I capture that feeling of what I loved when I was a kid, what I loved when the new movies were coming out, what I loved when the first comics came out, that excitement of just like Star Wars is dope and I'm glad people love it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I actually, I, I'm probably more cemented in my kind of nutcase stance of, um, if Lucas did make it, it's not star Wars more than ever <laughs> because I, I recently tried re- watching, um, rise of Skywalker and I still just, I really don't like it. I borderline hate it. Um, just as a movie fan, not as like a star Wars, like you blah, blah, blah. Just like, even as a movie, I'm like, this is, it feels like it's the same reason I don't like the star Trek movies. It's the same reason I don't like, um, the Avengers, like all these big superhero over the top movies. It's just, there's nothing intimate about it. There's nothing very artistic about it. Like I'm being a total snob about this, but I, it makes me push back and hold more to ever like, yeah, if Lucas didn't make it, it's not star mm-hmm. Wars to me. Um, doesn't mean I can't enjoy it, but quite frankly, I don't enjoy much of the new trilogy besides, um, some bits in the force awaken and some bits in the, uh, in the last Jedi and then nothing in, in the, uh, in the latest film. So it's, it's kind of pushed me more into my curmudgeon shell a bit, but <laughs> I I think the original trilogy is incredible and it's, it's never not going to be incredible. I think the sequels are fun. They're never not going to be fun. Um, part of that is nostalgia for me. Um, but besides, honestly, The Mandalorian, which to me is like, not really a part of my head canon. It's just like really, 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 really well done. And it's the only thing that has ever excited me. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty blue on, uh, mm-hmm. on star Wars and in, in, in general. And I, I think there's, it's, it's a lot of the new trilogy and I know I'm talking a lot here, but the, what I will say, and I, I feel like, I really felt from trying to watch Rise of Skywalker again is, I mean, that was like a week or two ago, just because it's so easy with Disney Plus to be like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, it really feels like it's just different directors have been given way too much control, which is hard because you want a director to come in and do that. But at the same time, this is a perfect example of what happens when one person has too much power. Um, which, you know, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but that's what my gut tells me is this feels very like JJ Abrams had an idea and ran with it. And I, yeah, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. And yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there. That's interesting to unpack. The first thing I want to say that, that I thought about is you mean everything, everything was interesting. I said, to <laughs> I'd say like 75% of it was interesting. That's good. That's really high hitting. Cause most of, <laughs> most of the time I'm just like spewing out BS. So that's, that's really impressive. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I want to say that I think is a differentiation and needs to be said out loud, unfortunately in these times is, you know, we've both said it, that these are personal choices for us. The movies didn't work for us. Um, yeah, it didn't work for mid thirty year old affluent <laughs> yeah. men in there. You know, with you know, yeah, with totally. Sorry, I was gonna. No, yeah, I was, just, I was just digging in and making fun no, of us. Absolutely. And like the other thing about that is, you know, I just listened to an old episode of Conan O'Brien's podcast with J.J. Abrams, and I'm like. I don't hate J.J. Abrams. Like, no. he's not a filmmaker. I'm, I enjoy it. I, there were some things that I thought I liked. And, well, like what? Know, Name one thing you liked. Man. I really liked his Star Wars or his Star Trek, his first. 
Star Trek movie. Oh, really? Um, Cloverfield. I was like, this is really cool. Really? Um, okay. okay. He was tangentially related to Lost. He gets a lot of credit for Lost, but he's not actually that related to Lost. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think that was really him. But I think he had a lot of goodwill from that. Um, so I was optimistic about J.J. Abrams, and, you know, he's just struck out in my opinion. That doesn't mean I'm going to, like, tweet him and be like, I hope you die. <laughs> like, no. You ruined my childhood. No, like, that's, yeah. that's insane behavior. Um, and so, like, you know, these just aren't movies for us, and I'm glad. Be- so the reason I want to bring this up is because I did do a little poll on Instagram and Twitter to ask people how they were feeling about Star Wars and the canon. And the vast majority of responses said that they feel either great or optimistic for the future. Mm. So you know what? Good for them. I'm yeah, stoked. good. And obviously this is an echo chamber. Like we're a Star Wars podcast. So the people who are following us are yeah. super fans of Star Wars. But yeah. you know what? I hope nothing but the best for Star Wars going forward. And, you know, if if the trilogy was a miss for us, it's just a miss. And we don't need to make other people dislike it, you know? Yeah, totally. I if you love this, cool. Yep, I'm over it. Um, you keep loving it. I, I whatever whatever you love, that's fine. And Star Wars is the least harmful thing you could love in 2020. So <laughs> totally, I'm like, great. If there's things I'm still curious about for Star Wars, I would you know I would try the new Claudia Gray books, or I would mm-hmm. try. But I then that whole canon idea the thing they're trying with that i'm not very interested in because it feels like a weird money grab to me more than anything um yeah before we get jump into the episode proper the last thing i want to talk about and that's a good segue is i have a list of all the upcoming things that have been announced not rumors things that have actually been announced um Ooh, i just want to list them I, I, okay yeah i have this is going to be news to me let's go yeah so you mentioned the Claudia Gray books. So those are part of the High Republic series. Yeah. Um, the I books know. and the comics that take place after the Old Republic, but before the Empire after proper. The, wow. Okay. Cool. Or before, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, like I, a weird I, I, time I, yeah, frame. Yeah. 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 So um, you said you're interested in the Claudia Gray books. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, though, you say you think it's kind of a money grab. I just don't like the now continue the story over here. Yeah, that's true. And I'm it, just it, like, no. Yeah. Just finish it, the story. Totally. And it also, it, all this, this is going to be a recurring theme. It all comes down to execution, right? Like, this could be so sick. Um, people have been asking for Old Republic content for a really long time, and I think this is what we're going to get instead. Um, so this could be dope. But I think we both felt that the Star Wars comics started off on a really high note, and then it just became, like, churn out stuff to make money, basically. Yeah. Um, so that could happen with the high Republic. We'll see. Um, the next thing, and I'm doing this chronologically as far as we know. So the next thing is they just announced the Mandalorian season two. I'm personally pretty nervous about it if I'm being completely honest, but how are you feeling about it? Yeah. You're a Mandalorian fan. You really liked it. So how, how yeah, uh, I'm excited. I, yeah, I don't, I don't want them to get too star Warsy. But, um, like, I, you know, that, you, which is funny because it's a Star Wars show, but what I like <laughs> yeah. about it is it's a, the right amount of, like, not Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a Spaghetti West Space Western. But yeah. I'm, I'm nervous because it was, the first one was so good, and it kind of feels like episode one, or sorry, episode four, you know, A New Hope is so good because it was made in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandalorian took so many weird risks and did so many strange things super successfully um, to the credit of John Favreau and um, all the, all the writers who were involved in that. Um, But like Dave Filoni and uh, Lucas was tangentially involved as it, you know, just a, but um, this one, after so much acclaim from the Mandalorian and winning so many, you know, getting so many nominations and winning so many awards, it's just like, I think the danger level is very high. Like the budget went up. Yeah. That's what I'm nervous about. People's eyes locked on. You know, it's, it's, it's just, yeah, it could be dangerous. Yeah. And it's just the stuff about like, okay, live action Ahsoka Tano. Obviously I love Ahsoka. That's going to like, I love anything having to do with Ahsoka, but it could also very quickly turn into like, Hey, look, this is a person you like. Hey, look, here's a person you like. Hey, Hey, here's, Hey, let's put Darth Maul in here somehow. Like, that's yeah. kind of what I'm nervous about. That makes but, me very nervous. 
I'm not, after st- that, I'm not stoked about the Ahsoka Tano thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, after that, they announced the new Dave Filoni series is The Bad Batch. I couldn't care less. I could. <laughs> I give zero Fs about The Bad Batch. Obviously, we love Dave Filoni and Rebels and Clone Wars, but The Bad Batch was perplexing to me. The, those series of episodes and the new episodes of Clone Wars, I am my mind is boggled. I don't understand. Yeah, that, that season of Clone Wars was not my cup of tea. I could do a whole episode on why I'm confused about this, but again, maybe not for us. Yeah. Um, the next thing is the Cassian Andor series. Uh, yeah, a fine. Yeah, I mean, neither of us are huge Rogue One fans, so yeah. again, it's in the execution. Whatever. Like, could be super awesome. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't really know. There's so yeah. many things I'm like I I don't I'm like I'm not super interested in that, but sure. Yeah, I'm also a little nervous about a live action TV series having to take place around the same time as like characters we know, um, because this is probably going to be before. I mean, this is definitely going to be before Rogue One. Because <laughs> spoiler alert, he dies in Rogue One. Um, so like Vader's around. A lot of the people from the prequels would be around. So I'm just nervous about. Again, just like pop in, like here's her character you like. Yeah. Um, uh, there's then one. there's the Ewan McGregor Obi Wan series. I'm very ready for that. Yeah, I think we don't even have to talk about it. I think we're just like both stoked on it. Yeah. Bring that. Again, hopefully they execute it well. Bring that. And then the last couple of things actually got me really excited. This was the first time I was like, okay, this could be dope as hell. There are four untitled things, so an upcoming untitled Taika Waititi movie, which I'm just like, anything he does, I'm instantly in. Mm. Done. Untitled Leslie Headland Disney Plus series. So I'm really interested to see what that is. If you're not familiar with Leslie Headland, I wasn't super familiar with her, except for she did Russian Doll, which people are really into on Netflix. I haven't seen it. I just watched her movie Sleeping with Other People, which is a rom-com, and it was actually really good. Mm. Um so I think I'm interested to see what she does. Okay. And then there's the Untitled Ryan Tr- Johnson trilogy, which evidently is still happening. Yeah, I don't believe it's still happening, but sure. I don't believe it is either, but I would be really excited to see what he does with an or- original story. I love The Last Jedi, yeah. so I'm excited about that. And then the last thing is an Untitled Kevin Feige movie, which I'm, I mean, I appreciate Kevin Feige. Um, for what he did with Marvel. And it's kind of the opposite of what we were talking about with like the canon going all over the place. He had such a steady hand with the Marvel franchise. And for better or worse, whether or not you like the movies or you like how it was executed, it had a direction. It had a vision. It all it was all cohesive. So I like that. I don't know. Is he going to direct this? I don't know if he's a good director. I have no idea what this is going to be. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Um, again, all about the execution. So... I'd say looking at this list, I am actually optimist, more optimistic than I thought. Yeah. But it's just too much. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not going to watch it all. I'm not going to digest it all. Or I don't know, but who knows when the time, when it's all, it's a pacing thing. When yep. did these come out? Because I think, I think they did a real disservice by releasing so much back to back to back and feeling forced to do that and capitalize on like, okay, a new trilogy, well, a, a movie in between each one. Like, yeah. And it was just overwhelming and not great. So we'll see. Yeah. Cool. So that's all I had um, talking about the state of Star Wars. We'll see. And I'm excited to see, even if it's not for me. But yeah. we want to jump into this episode, Mike. Yeah, let's do it. So we open. Man, it's been a long time. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, and, yeah, and usually I give the... The summary here, but we're going to jump in because we're doing a yeah. two-parter. This is the this is the we're doing the whole. Well, this was released as a mini movie, right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was a two-parter, but they did both parts together when it first first aired. I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd also this was the first one they showed off at like celebration, or whatever, about six months before it actually appeared on TV. So there were a lot of leaks and stuff for this episode, which is mm-hmm. interesting looking back at it. Um, you can find Reddit threads of people like, this is what I saw at Celebration. And for six months, they were just saying like, okay, so this means that Sabine is going to become the Queen of Mandalore. But like, yeah. I don't know, they had all these like weird predictions that never come true. 
Yeah. No Reddit thread has ever <laughs> been true. Yeah. Um, I legit got chills when it first started with mm. like the, the flute. It, there's just this very Star Wars-y flute in the background. Um, and I just remembered like I forgot so much. Like I forgot just how the characters sounded, how they acted. Oh, and I was like, oh, I'm back. This is fun. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah. It, I'm trying. I felt just thinking about coming back because this is my first time mm-hmm. turning on Rebels in so long. I I was ex- I was excited, but also distracted because uh, you know, fourteen month old watching it with yeah, totally so new. Cha- that's part of the new challenges of being engaged with star Wars is like, mm-hmm. I'm, I have, I have to be so diligent with, I think I'm so diligent with my time and like what I can choose to engage with in the world. That's not, <laughs> you know, my 14 month old, um, mm-hmm. who, you know, rightfully so gets all my attention, but it's so turning on rebels was like weird because I was like, I wouldn't choose to engage with this if, it was just me, <laughs> um, which isn't to say it's bad, but it just I just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so engaging with it was like kind of a treat, but also, yeah, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with that. But uh, you mean Elliot's not into rebels yet? Yeah, <laughs> no, just <laughs> vacuums. Vacuums are his thing. Tight. Um, yeah, it it just made me feel nice being back in the world. So. Um, Sabine and the crew, and she's she's wielding the dark saber. Um, they get intel that her father is being held at a prison somewhere on Mandalore. Looks like a remote prison, um, and they are going to rescue him. Um, I thought also that this jetpack bit was legit good. Well, um, yeah, Ezra's. I saw a lot of people complaining about it online, but like I thought it was really funny to be honest. Ezra just flying around in the jetpack trying to figure it out. Um, I also found out for some reason I feel like you're into this movie, so maybe you're excited about it. <laughs> um, but this was an homage to the Rocketeer. Oh, weird. Um, yeah. yeah, that's funny because I remember there was already an homage to the Rocketeer. And- oh, was there? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, because whoever really likes it, and I really like that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it on Disney Plus, which is funny because I haven't seen it in yeah, um, in so long. But oh, yeah, the tie there is that uh, the Rocketeer was directed by Joe Johnson, and he was an ILM artist before a direct. He was a director, and he was the most responsible for the look of Boba Fett. So really, it was kind of like a an homage to one of the family. Um, there's a scene in the Rocketeer where he's trying to get control of his rocket pack the same way and kind of flailing around like a like a weirdo. Um, so I, I liked that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Well, now I want to watch that with with fresh eyes. Yeah. I also um, I like we saw this a lot in Clone Wars, but I feel like we haven't seen it much in Rebels. But it's the first time we see the jetpack rocket launcher where they kind of like bend over and shoot the rocket out of their head. Yeah, I always cool. thought those were cool. Oh yeah, I'm glad that they're clunky and weird. I'm glad that they didn't like retro make them yeah. better than they should be. Totally, because <laughs> it's just a bad design. Yeah. Also, that is such a bad weapon that you have to bend <laughs> over and hope the person didn't change. Like, I hope they're still there. I have no idea how they aim I hoped, it. I hoped an old lady didn't just step in the way. <laughs> like, it I just know. seems like such a comedy bit waiting to happen. Totally. Um. So they find out that this is actually a trap. Sabine's father isn't there. Oh, um, which I got to stop you there. It's a trap. Um, oh, it is a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. But more than it's a trap, it's um, it's a bedtime snack. <laughs> Why did I say this? <laughs> Let me unpack that. Yeah, what are you talking about? Um, I, I, I lied. There are some things I'm engaged with in my life that are Star Wars mm-hmm. that are really comforting. Jeffrey Brown is a children's book author who writes really good Star Wars children's books. There are uh, mm-hmm. some really garbage Star Wars books out there, 
I think one of them was written by Kathleen Kennedy's daughter. It's really bad. Uh. Um, it's just like weird, a weird, weirdly high lit reading level for like <laughs> what should be like toddlers. Anyways, mm-hmm. but this guy Jeffrey Brown writes. He wrote. He wrote Good Night Darth Vader and <laughs> Cute. bedtime books like that, and they're really good. But anyways, that it just reminded me of that because yeah. Admiral Akbar is getting a, uh, getting a snack. I am excited for Elliot to be the age where he starts watching like um there's all those shows that um, Yeah, Droid Tales. And- yeah, like Jonah Marie's into, like yeah, Droid Tales and like Lego Star Wars and stuff like that that yeah. I hear are just super fun. And I feel like that would be a really nice experience. Yeah, that would be interesting. I yeah. I'm interested to see what he gets into. Who knows? Yep. His choice. Um, Who knows? Right now it's uh just vacuums. <laughs> Such a weird thing to be into, but <laughs> kids are weird. <laughs> he just walks around going, <laughs> it's great. It's cute. It's really funny. Um, we've talked about this before, but I just, it's so apparent to me watching it now, especially since, so I started watching, I went through all of Avatar and Legend of Korra. Oh, stop. It's so good. I love, that's a podcast I could do. And there's so many out there. But God, dude, yeah. Legend of Korra is good. It's not as good as the Avatar, obviously, but the Avatar is just one of the most beautiful shows. Yeah, totally. And actually, and you know I, what? I shouldn't do a podcast because it might ruin it. Yeah, I honestly, I, I loved Legend of Korra in in retrospect. I did. I wasn't super into it for some reason when I first came out, but rewatching it, I freaking loved it. Hmm. But right. my point is, there's so many times What's where they show up to bossing say. And Ooh. they turn around and all of a sudden, like the entire Fire Nation army is there. And you're like, oh, my God, they're so screwed. What's going to happen? And then they get out of it somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. The Empire always brings the bare minimum amount of troops. They're like, all right, we're going to do. do a trap. They Here's do. There's two Jedi. Let's bring five stormtroopers yeah. and one ATDP. It's it's silly. It's so funny you brought that up. I thought that I thought that when they <laughs> in the second ep, in the second part of this episode, yeah, they totally. brought, they're like we called in reinforcements, and it's just two eighty DPS, and I'm like, they're just gonna, all right, I'm yeah, they're sure. gonna chop the legs like we've seen it a hundred times. Like, like, okay, cool, yeah, just that's not gonna work, guys. Even in sure. Star Wars, like, how do you remember the feeling when you first watch Return of the Jedi? And they get captured on Endor and they're marched out and you just see like 150, 200 troops pointing their guns at the small rebel group. And you're just like, oh, they're screwed. There's nothing yeah. that'll save them. Like the, yeah, the That's enough people. Yeah. The yeah. dread of just like, how are they going to get out of this? I almost never feel that in, in Rebels. Ever. No, never. And also it's like, yeah, when like they captured Sabine and like they're like, you know, like we've got her, like give it up. And it's just mm-hmm. one person pointing a laser, and I'm like, uh, blaster out there. And I'm like, that's yeah. that's insufficient. Like, what? Totally. I don't know. Seems silly. Yeah, but they are saved from overwhelming odds by Clan Kreese and Bo-Katan. Kanan and Ezra, this is Lady Bo-Katan of House Kreese. Her sister, Satine, once ruled Mandalore. Bo-Katan was made regent by the Jedi before the end of the Clone War. She's still seen by many as Mandalore's rightful ruler. So what happened? After the Empire took over, I refused to obey the Emperor and was betrayed by the Saxon clan. Wow. Mm, big big Bo-Katan fan. Yeah, so I've actually got a bunch of history here. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a Bo-Katan and Clan Kree's deep dive. Wow. We have met them before. We met House Kree's and Bogotan in the Clone Wars when sure. Mandalore was under the leadership of Duchess Satine Kree's, who is, as we have, as they mentioned in this episode, Bogotan's sister. Wow. Sister. Yeah, sister. <laughs> Good, one. Um, Good one. Thanks. Saw that from Star Wars Minute. Um, sister. But. The Duchess um, was the ruler of Mandalore. She was a pacifist, and Obi-Wan fell in love with her, and mm. as we discussed before, Maul that, executed her right in front of his face. Yeah. There are some things that Clone Wars does, and Rebels does, really mm. well, and I wish, again, I always say this, I wish I could make an EP out of, like, and distill the really good parts down, of, like, mm-hmm. this was good, this was good, this was good, like, throw... 
and you know throw all this stuff together but that that was just yeah. an amazing part of yeah chris sanchez our dnd bud um asked us to make a yeah, rebels a good, rebels good ask. um definitive watch list and i actually did work on it Whoa. maybe like we'll wait until after this season's done to release it so that i can make it a completest a complete list um but maybe we'll release that and it's you know all killer no filler just the episodes you need to see wow i am a big fan of that yeah, yeah. i mean we, we 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 it's a good idea yeah but Bo-Katan, so the, the yada yada, a bit, a, a bit of the history here, but just as a reminder, or if you haven't seen Clone Wars, I want to solidify some of this history so you kind of know what's going on with the power dynamics on um, Mandalore. So Bo-Katan served as Pre Vizsla's trusted right hand in Death Watch. What Death, Death Watch was a quote-unquote terrorist group that thought that the Duchess's pacifist ways were ruining Mandalore. So they plotted to overthrow her sister. And Bo-Katan was part of that plot. Sister. She, sister. She didn't necessarily want to overthrow her sister, but she thought for the greater good of Mandalore, it was necessary. But then Maul ended up taking over Death Watch, mm. and they used each other to for their own means. And he helped overthrow I Duchess love being, I love being used. From yeah. from my own means, I've never yep. been used for my own means. <laughs> um, and so, but then what happened is Pre Vizsla tried to backstab Maul after mm-hmm. sure. after the coup, and Maul killed Pre Vizsla and took over as ruler of Mandalore. After that, Bo-Katan said, "This is too much. We've gone too far." She freed her sister, and unfortunately, in that escape attempt, Maul. Finds Satine, and that's when she kills her in front of Obi-Wan. So sad. Yep. Eventually, she helps Obi-Wan ex- escape and works with the Jedi to overthrow Death Watch and the Shadow Collective. After Maul took power, um, Bo-Katan's Night Owls, which is like the group that she leads, it's an elite Mandalorian unit made up of female warriors, including Ursa Wren, which mm-hmm. is cool. You can see that uh, Bogotan in, in Rebels has a new helmet and has an owl painted on it because she's part of the Night Owls, which I think is cool. Um, they fled while Maul was still in charge, and they eventually found Ahsoka Tano, and Bogotan was able to convince Ahsoka Tano to help liberate Mandalore, and this is what leads Ahsoka to contact Obi-Wan and Anakin starting the Siege of Mandalore. So if you did watch the end of the Clone Wars that was recently re- released, we see Ahsoka show up and can, and talk to Obi-Wan and Anakin, get them to help out, and that's because of Bo-Katan getting her involved. After the Siege of Mandalore, Bo-Katan was named leader of Mandalore after they oust Maul, but then Order 66 happened and the Empire attempted to take control of Mandalore and Bo-Katan refused to bow down to them. At that point, she was betrayed by Clan Saxon, who pledged loyalty to the Empire and dethroned Bo-Katan. So this is where we're at now. There's a bunch of civil war, lots of tribes fighting. Um, There was something interesting I was thinking about. I saw this little tidbit where George Lucas saw the Mandalorian culture much more like Duchess Satine. He had a lot of help. He had a big hand in that story arc in Clone Wars. And he was almost like an avatar for her, where he saw Mandalorians as a highly sophisticated and technologically advanced society that has evolved past their like tribal warring roots. And why I think that's interesting is it shows when the Empire is in charge, what's happened. They've gone back to being super divided. They're in their little clans. Everyone's fighting each other. They're constantly at war. <laughs> that's they, condescending for some reason. In their little clans. <laughs> their little clans. In their little clans. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that is kind of a fun development that we see that like, you know, maybe Duchess Satine and was kind of that ideal of we can be better. We can grow past this. And if you yeah. look at her society, you know, they weren't wearing the armors. They weren't fighting. They were trying to live in peace. And now it's just constant war. Um, so that that's a little little tidbit I thought was kind of interesting. And I, I liked that George Lucas was involved with that, too. Yeah, I like it. And I like it. Because it feels very like Star Wars West Wing. Yeah, totally. Um, 
which I think is fun. I think like political Star Wars is kind of fun. Like is you know, I think George Lucas does too. Clearly, mm-hmm. it upsets people, but like <laughs> totally. you know, trade routes and taxation were the crux of episode you know episode one. So, yep. <laughs> which I have mm-hmm. no problem with. Yep, taxes. <laughs> um, but I I like that he stays like kind of politically true to our just our our real worlds. Yep, and uh, I think it's I think it's fun. Um, yeah. and that kind of detail that kind of detail excites me, but. I'm 35. <laughs> um, yeah, Star Wars West Wing sounds like something right up at 35-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, I was not excited. Episode 1, you know, when I was, it came out at the perfect age. I don't know, mm-hmm. I was like tw- you know, 11 or 12 or 10, something like that. Wow, that was a weird way to numerically uh, <laughs> lay that out. Just kind Learn of to count, bro. <laughs> Learn the Dewey Decimal, ding-dong. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's so, but now it's, now it's perfect. And now I'm into it, you know, I want to, it's the kind of Star Wars I want to get down with. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of behind the scenes stuff. Mm. Bo-Katan is voiced by Katie Sackhoff. I knew it. You might know as Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. I actually didn't know it. <laughs> and anytime I anytime we bring up Battlestar Galactica, I have to check it. Have you still never finished Battlestar Galactica? No. Jesus, Mike. At this point, I don't care, and it's funny. Oh my gosh, it's literally my favorite show. Mike and I watched the whole series together when we lived together, and we made it to the very last episode, and then he just never watched it. No, which is insane to me. I, I just you, didn't do it. You have no idea how it ends. I mean, I I, I think my assumptions are, are pretty <laughs> close to the reality. But I'd be surprised, honestly. It was a weird ending. Uh, okay, so yeah, we, we could talk about it later. Then probably have no idea because in my mind they just like get to Earth or something. They're like, yeah. oh, that Earth's been there the whole time. Yeah, and we just weren't able to find it. Yeah, they do, but also weird stuff happens. Uh, okay, well, I might. I you know I tried to rewatch it recently and it was just too cheesy. To, I uh, Starbuck actually funny enough. Let me bring it back. Star Wars. Starbuck is the reason I couldn't watch it. Interesting. I was like, oh, she's so cheesy. I love that show. She's so cheesy. I like it. Yeah. Um, another behind the scenes thing. And this is one of those stretches that I'm like, do I really believe this? I don't know. But it says that Bo-Katan, the name, is inspired by Anne Filoni's um, cat. So Anne Filoni is Dave Filoni's wife. She calls the cat Boogie. So Dave sure. thought of... Boogie Cat Ann. Hmm. And that's how he thought of Bo Katan. Boogie Cat Ann. Sounds like some Boloney. Yeah. Sounds like some Faloney Baloney. Baloney Baloney. That was stolen from not, these are not the nerds you're looking oh, for. Yeah. Are they still running their pod? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. Cool guys. Wow. There's so many people I'm like, you guys still going? I know. I mean, in this age, who knows? Um, but getting back to the episode, the other thing that, that stood out to me just as like, there were a lot of things and I think I was getting a little bit of that nostalgia, like, Ooh, that's fun. Ooh, that's fun. Which is what I was talking about. I wanted was I really like jump troopers. I forgot. Have we seen those in, uh, rebels yet? No, we saw the Mandalorian the Imperial Mandalorians where yeah, as was like, they fly now, but is this, I think this might be the first time we saw jump troopers. And I thought, I just feel like those are so fun. Yeah. They, they remind me of all the old video games that I used to play. Exactly. In the nineties. Yeah. I just want them to throw down the bubble shield now. <laughs> totally. Use the bubble shield. Also. So they find out that, uh, Aldrich Wren, Sabine's, Sabine's, I almost said Sabine's wife, Sabine's father, um, is oh, being transported to the Capitol um, to be publicly executed, which is brutal. And so they want to they want to cut off that convoy and rescue him. And I feel like this rescue plan makes no sense. I thought it was really cool. Um, evidently, it was inspired by the tank chase in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, hmm. which, like, as a set piece, was cool. But can you explain this plan to me? I really don't get it. No. Can I explain it? No. I mean, it's like any other plan. 
Well, they're just like, they, they sound like they say tactical stuff. It's like, all right, we're going to take out the front one. It's going to make the second one fall back. And then we try to disable this thing and we do this. And then it just feels like they just blow a bunch of stuff up and just like rescue. Yeah. Them. Well, that's always the plan. Yeah. No matter what the plan is, it's like, <laughs> no one has to tell me what the plan is. Rebels. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot stuff. I got it. Let's just let me, I'm, I'll, let me in. Yeah. That's always totally. the plan. Like, that's the plan. Yep. Um, and now there's another thing that I, that kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit. And I wonder if this was the audience kind of um, them listening to the audience a bit where they're just like, people were saying like, what's going on with K- with Kanan and Harrow? What's going on with Ezra and Sabine? When Ezra jumps in and is like, her dad's like, are you with Sabine? And he's like, I'm not, I'm not with her. I'm a, it's like a, like a 1940s comic routine. Are you with Sabine? Yeah, I'm with her. Well, I mean, not with her, with her. I'm just friends with her. Yeah, the Sabine and Ezra thing has just always confused me, and it was funny yeah. at first when they first met, because it was like, oh, a girl. <laughs> um, but now it's just, like, tired, and yeah. I'm just like, it's not going to happen, and <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 weird to me. Yeah, moving forward, I think there's a lot of successful Kate and O'Hara stuff, but... I don't know. I rolled my eyes with this one. I just didn't yeah. really, really get it. Yeah, I, it's not successful. It, it, yeah. It, I think you're right. I think it's just playing to fans who are like, "What's going on with them?" And they're like, "Well, okay, let's just close that door or something." Mm-hmm. But they end up rescuing Aldrich Wren. I also like that. Is like, I thought we were rescuing a warrior. Like, burn yeah. you wuss. You yeah. just like painting wuss. Maybe. <laughs> art is not art is not powerful baby yeah seriously you gotta fight people that's I, how you win i do arguments. really like that he's an, a, a painter like yeah, that that it's fun i don't know he's i think it's cool that you know because i feel like everything in star wars is like my father was a bounty hunter so i'm a bounty hunter <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. my father was a jedi and like my father before me like my you know everyone was just like, totally. everyone can only do what their what their dad does no one ever does what their <laughs> mom does by the way yeah well that's one of the reasons why i think sabine's kind of interesting and they talk about it is you know it's like she takes after her mom and her dad um it's kind of like she is a cool blend of the two cultures and i do like speaking of art too if you've noticed um that Sabine's art is starting to show up on her mom and brother's armor and the rest of clan Ren's armor. Like their, their armor is literally becoming more colorful because Sabine's in a life. Yeah. Like it was so drab and gray, which we talked about before when Sabine left. And so now it's physically being represented, represented visually that Sabine, Sabine is bringing color into their life. Or she's stealing their stuff and just painting it. She seems, (laughs) she seems to do that. Yeah, she does. That's true. I would be so pissed if I lived with her and I woke up one morning and my shirt's all this brat's graffiti art on it. Like, gosh <laughs> dang it. Yeah. I'm really very, trying to, by the way, get into dad's brats. Brats. <laughs> I'm really trying to get into brats. Uh, I'm really trying to get into brats. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get into dad level swearing. So I'm trying to be like, sugar. You know what I mean? Like I love that. I'm I'm really trying to channel what being a dad and swearing might be like. Yeah. My grandpa always used to say, dang gummit. Yeah, stuff like <laughs> that. Reason, I thought that was fun. Sugar. That's yeah. my that's my new favorite one. I like that. You know what? There's 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 a bunch more. There's basically a whole second episode, but there's not really that much more no. to talk about, honestly, other than the Duchess. Which this one? is this is insane. The the weapon duchess. Okay. So yeah. we're introduced to we're introduced to the Duchess. Sugar. This is, as we kind of alluded to in the beginning, Sabine was a tenacious cadet mm-hmm. and she wanted to take on a challenge and no one else could. Yeah. So she created, this is officially well, classified as a, as a super weapon. She, I don't like the story of why she created it though. Yeah. This, okay. So like, let's tr- she's tricked into making it. She, you are just a bag of rocks. If you think, like, hey, a fun little exercise. Let's pretend we all have to kill our families. What kind of weapon would work best? Like, oh, this is a yeah. great exercise. Like, you are, that is, you're a, either you're a bag of rocks or, <laughs> or I don't know, man. I don't know. Bag of rocks is good too. Good dad's <laughs> Um, I'm, yeah, because like, you know, there's details that 
we could talk about, but I'd rather just unpack this because that's what impressed me. What was impressed on me the most is what is this logic? So Sabine says I was tenacious. I was competitive. So I, and I was talented. So I did this when no one else could, but then she says like, but then I found out they were testing it and going to use it. So I destroyed it. And I'm yeah, like, so dumb. You're- so you're like in the army, they say to build a nuclear bomb and then they're like, all right, time to test the bomb. You're like, wait, I never thought you were going to test this. Yeah. That's- but like, I don't know. It just feels very like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And like Aldrich ran at one point. He was like, my daughter did everything she could do to stop this from happening. You must believe it. I'd be like, false. Other than build it, like yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's it's malarkey. It's yeah. just total malarkey. It's, it's so part pardon the cuss, but <laughs> totally. Um, but this weapon is gnarly. I mean, it that scene where you first see it happen and the armor like falls to the ground and ashes, body ashes oh float out of the armor, and I then love also. It. Sabine like grabs the Beskar and it just crumbles in her hand. Like so cool. That's scary. Yeah. They talk about it. They say um, that it turns the Mandalorian strength into a weakness. And yeah. I feel like that is super terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's a great weapon. And I'm so glad that she made it. Yeah. Her fault. <laughs> I know. Right. Like, let's it, just not pretend. Yeah. This whole thing. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much we can actually get out of the Like, unpack this other than this whole concept feels yada yada which is the thing i've said before it's just like yeah um she she made a weapon we we said she she used to work for the empire so this is what she did and it was bad now she's good that's it like yeah it doesn't feel earned i think this at this point this is when the episode kind of tanked for me a little bit um i was really interested up front and we'll talk about our ratings then but yeah, I kind of rolled my eyes a bit at this one. And then also when they first use it, like, you know, I just coincidentally, of course, her mom and brother are just barely outside of the the range of the weapon. So, oof. Yeah. Everyone else is dead except for the two characters that I wish they would have had emotional impact. Yeah, I wish they would have done it. Yeah, I would have too. Like, <laughs> so much I mean, that's but it's, true. It's, it's, it's my biggest issue with Harry Potter. That yeah. book is damn near perfect yeah, the ending uh, and had had they had the guts they i say they because who knows if it was actually <laughs> jk rowling's choice at that point to kill harry it it would have been just the i don't know yeah remember the good old days when when the only issues we had with harry potter was the stuff in the books uh <sighs> never mind oh uh, yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that's a whole that's it. a whole another thing um, i that's a such a dauntingly huge conversation i know i don't even want to get into it but yeah i think just from a thematic from a thematic like story perspective how tragic would it have been if sabine rescues her dad who she hasn't seen in a long time she thought her dad was angry with her she thought that her dad kind of turned his back on her and they've reconciled and have this touching moment only to lose her mother and her brother. Like that would have been really harsh, but it would have been so really tragic, yeah. like a Shakespearean novel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause all the novels Shakespeare wrote. <laughs> oh, I love his novels. I love his, like, like a good Shakespeare chapter book. <laughs> yep. No, but it, it, it would have, it would have been more, but again, can you do that in a kid's show? I don't yeah. think so. I think that Maybe. would just mess kids up. Like or not mess. It might. I don't know. They've done some dark stuff. In they, Rebels and Clone Wars, so I don't know. Have. I think kids might be able to handle it, but we'll. See. I don't know. We won't see. This is what the choice they made, and it's the choice they made. So, oh well. Um, a little bit of of fun tie-in with Mandalorian is that this is the first time that Beskar was ever mentioned on screen. Ever, yeah, yeah. So it was um, originally introduced in the Legends Republic Commando novels by Karen Travis. Um, as a name for because before they talked about Mandalorian steel, so that was the first time they ever called it Beskar, and that was a Legends thing, and so they brought it into canon in this episode, and it played a huge role in Mandalorian. Wow, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it in Mando. Yeah, 
Totally. It's such, a, it's such a cool um, MacGuffin. It's, I don't know if it's necessarily a MacGuffin, but... It feels like, so video game. Yeah, like you're on a quest to get Beskar and upgrade your yeah. your armor. It's, it feels very fun to me. Mega video game scenes. Yeah. Um, but the last couple notes I have are this ending was kind of meh for me. Yeah, like, yeah. It's the it weird super struggle. Boring. And again, it seems like it's just kind of yada yada again. Like, so Bo-Katan was like a terrorist leader who wants to crush the empire and overthrew her sister. But then at the last minute, it's like, no, we need honor. Like, we can't turn this weapon on the empire. Just oh, I because like, I feel like it's just like, uh, I don't I know. know. I mean, it's, it's a real, uh, I forget the guy's name. Who is the Dietrich Bonhoeffer? The, the, oh, yeah. the whole totally. Bonhoeffer thing of like, you know, struggling with the morality of killing Hitler and yeah. Uh, but I don't know, guys. They have a weapon. Yeah. They're wielding a, a new nuclear weapon. I don't like beyond that. It's uh, yeah. I kind of eh, kind of feel like you just need to destroy it. And yeah, bam. I mean, there's there is something like I know you didn't play Last of Us Part Two, but. And I won't, won't do any spoilers, but the core idea of that game, which really sat with me, is do you continue the cycle of violence? You know, mm. um, and I think that's such an interesting story and something that's way above our pay grades to really get into right now. So I understand the impulse. The logic flaw to me is like, and especially like she's holding, like she she's about to kill whoever the. I don't know what's his, what's the guy's name, the Saxon guy that has like the alt right haircut, <laughs> Tiber Saxon or whatever yeah. his name is. I don't know. We don't see him again. I don't think. I don't remember. He's he was a lame villain to me. I love that haircut's gonna be alt right. I know, right? Um, but he like Pokétan's like, no, don't kill them. Don't be as bad as him. And then they just blow up the ship that he's on. <laughs> like, okay. Like, we're not going to use this weapon against them, but we'll kill them all when we destroy their Star Destroyer. Like, okay, whatever. It's just, like, weird logic. It's just, everything's detached. Yeah, so that's the part that kind of bugs me. The other thing that I just thought was kind of funny is I like how it's like, we're going to capture Sabine, and she's going to upgrade our weapon. She's going to fix it so it can be a giant devastating thing. And she just, like... She like boops and beeps a couple of buttons. She's like, boop, 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 boop. Okay, now it's increased the range. It's like, oh, we didn't think about pressing the increase the range button. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's, I know that I very much had that reaction of like, <laughs> oh, that was weirdly easy. I don't know why they yeah. couldn't find someone to do that. Yeah, like just imagine if you brought your car in to get like, get the transmission replaced. And the mechanic just like presses the transmission replace button and then like boops his Apple watch and like, all right, your car's fixed. Um, I'd be like, I'm not going to pay you, but you're the best. <laughs> yeah. So weird. It's very weird. It's, well, yeah, we can get into the logic of why, why it's yeah. even weirder, but it's even weirder because she made the plan and then they built it. So they yeah. should know how that, I don't know. Yeah. I want to, yeah. I don't know. Stupid. But they end up blowing everything up, killing everyone, and then they take off. And then at this point, we get back, and there's, again, another kind of tepid logic leap, I will say, where it's like, Bogotan's like, no, I was the leader, and I failed people. And then Sabine's like, no, you should really be the leader. And she goes, okay. Like okay, it's, I should be the leader. It just feels like they're like, oh, we need some sort of internal struggle, but they don't earn it at all. Yeah, well, it's like a leader. Well, it's like it's our whole bias towards the best kind of leader is a reticent one. Yeah, is like totally. one who doesn't want to lead, but it's like okay, because anyone who wants to lead is going to be a bad leader, which I think is bad logic. Like yeah. I don't want to lead, and I truly believe I should not lead much. <laughs> you should be president then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then people go, well, that that kind of that's the kind of quality we want. And uh, I remember when I was you know, doing a high school teaching and I was like, ah, I would question it a lot. I'm like, I just don't know if I want to do this. And I would, I would often get that response of like, I think that's what, what's going to make you a great leader is like, <laughs> or, or a great teacher is like you, yeah. you're, you're, you know, worried about taking the wheel and the responsibility. And I was like, well, it turns out it was true. It turns out I would just really didn't want to do it. Yeah. Or like I could see, you know, it's, 
again, it's about earning it. Like for better or worse, how you feel about Luke Skywalker and the new trilogy, like he has a reason to be reticent and not want to lead the new era of Jedi. Yeah. But he evolves and earns it and works out his demons. And, you know, it, it's an evolving long process to get to a point where he embodies what a Jedi really is and shows and inspires an entire generation of people. Mm. Like that makes sense. This was just kind of like, no, I don't want to. Okay. I will like, (laughs) all right, whatever. (laughs) Well, wow. She must be a good leader. Yep. But when this happens, we do see, which is kind of cool before the Mandalorian, we had never seen anything like this of lots of clans together in all their different colors. Lots of Mandalorians all in the same place, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. They mentioned that the the clans that pledge their loyalty to Bogotan are Clan Krees, Rao, um, the Protectors, Ren, Vizla, which is interesting because that's pre the remnants of pre Vizla and the clan that um, she was part of, mm. and then Rook and Elder, which are two new clans. Definitely want to be part of Elder Clan. Yeah, I just like the name Rook Clan Rook. How do you argue with Elder Clan? <laughs> They're like, well, I don't know. They've seen it all. Yep. Yep. I was waiting for a dad joke about nah. respecting your elders or something. I mean, implicitly. Yeah. That was baked in. Yeah. But that's the end of the episode. I don't know if there was anything else that you remember from the episode or anything else you want to chat about before we get to our rating. I will say, here's what, here are some things I really like about the episode. And a lot of it has to do with how I feel like the show has evolved visually. Yeah. And it's subtle, really subtle, but they've just stepped up uh, like the explosion game. And like there are shots I love that are just really like you get the sense of awe from them a little bit. And those are the shots where it's like all the little, you know, everyone on their jetpack are flying out of the big, yeah. the big star destroyer. And it's just like the size of it. You're like, Oh my God, it's huge. Like, um, and they're totally. so small in comparison. It's so weird. And I, uh, but it's, yeah, it's freaking cool. Really, really pretty shots. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because there is a lot that I kind of glossed over in this recap where visually it feels like the show's taken another leap. There's a lot of really cool set pieces and like some of the action is really cool. They've done a really good job making the action exciting and visually different than other things you see in cartoons a lot of times, Um, especially in Clone Wars. Like I can feel like the action is just kind of like one note, but there were a couple really cool things like Kanan jumping on the jetpacks in the very beginning. Um, I mean, whether or not like this, this stretches credulity or not, but when like Ezra is jumping from like all the falling debris and jumps on that cliff edge. Like that was a really cool set piece too. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff like that, that I, I do really like. Yeah. It, it, it looks great. It looks yeah. great. Action is pretty fun. It's pretty good action. Mm-hmm. There was slightly too much of it in this two parter episode. It was so the filler. Um, if you took out all of the fighting, it would, which I guess is what a lot of people want to see. And, Star Wars, though, mm-hmm. it'd be a pretty short episode. Yeah, that's true. But I guess give the people what they want. So you know what that means. Yeah, how we end every episode is on a rating scale of our current least favorite thing to our current most favorite thing in Star Wars and where Mm -hmm. this episode would end in a Star Wars moment on that scale. Do you want to uh, do you want to give us your scale, Pete? Yeah. Um, And as tradition, every season we tend to change our rating scale because Star Wars is ever evolving. So. 
My favorite thing in Star Wars right now is that YouTube video of the little girl dressed as Rey at Disneyland, oh, so where funny. she's like using the Force to like repel the bad guys. That's like, so cute. That just brings me so much joy and really encapsulates what I love about Star Wars. And my least favorite thing, I'm a little nervous because I've we might have the same least favorite thing. Uh, probably. Ray Palpatine. <laughs> oh, boy. Well. <laughs> well, all right. So where does this where does this land you? So between those two things, I give this episode the middle episodes of The Mandalorian. It, because this episode and kind of the middle chunk of The Mandalorian felt very uneven to me. Um, like The Mandalorian, there were things that I absolutely loved. But there were also episodes that I literally couldn't finish. Like I turned off mm. one of the episodes because it's so there's <laughs> I didn't I don't know if I ever told you this, but evidently like they imply Boba Fett shows up at the end of one of the episodes. The uh, one on Tatooine. Like uh, someone's in the someone's in the desert and they're like left and then a Mandalorian with a cape shows up. And you just see like the boots and cape, and it's like the same one Boba Fett's wearing. Okay, it's the episode with like what's her name from Strangers of Candy. Oh, yeah. Sorry, there's so much information here that's odd to me. Okay, she's in the desert, and then Boba Fett shows up, and I just completely missed that because I couldn't make it through that episode. I turned it off, and then months later, like I saw an article about like what does Boba Fett and the Mandalorian mean? I'm like, wait, he showed up in boat what? And I had to rewatch that part because I didn't see it originally. I don't know if I saw that. Oh well, maybe you skipped that episode too because it. I've seen the I've seen all the episodes for sure, but okay. I'll send it to you later. Apparently, I missed this. So yeah, but the greater point is, I felt it was very uneven and it was a little rough, and that's how I feel about this one. So I yeah. give this episode a C plus. Wow! 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 Yep. Wow! How about you, Mike? Well, on a scale of my current most favorite thing in Star Wars is the first conversation Luke has with Obi-Wan at his home in Tatooine where Mm Obi-Wan hints at a larger world by saying, I fought with him in the Clone Wars. Um, (laughs) It's it's those little moments that were never dug into that made Star Wars so cool. It's just hinting at a larger world but not showing you it, Mm -hmm. which that subtlety has been completely lost. Um. To my current least favorite thing in Star Wars is the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just generally. <laughs> I don't know if I could find too many moments I want to rewatch in that. Quite yeah. frankly, um, fair enough. I, I'm, it's or you know what? I'll get more specific. Is Ray and um, is the kiss between Ray and um, Kylo? Rylo. Yeah. How about Rylo? Is my there you go? <laughs> I've nailed it. Rylo is my current least least favorite thing yeah um i would give this episode a for another generally sweeping statement um i would give this episode a the new season of clone wars (laughs) where i was generally underwhelmed felt like there was a lot of unnecessary pieces and it was all leading to a moment it felt like a singular moment in battle and thing but it took just so darn long to get there. Um, yeah, which makes true. makes me feel like this episode is just a middling, very middling C. Just like seventy five percent. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there there's there's a lot of negativity in this episode. There's a lot of negativity in the world right now. Yeah. But I think to end it on a higher note, we are both pretty excited if I could speak for you about what's to what's coming up in this season. Oh yeah. Plenty of Some of the stuff. things that happen in this season are the heights of star Wars. Oh yeah. And the heights of maybe some TV shows in general, like some of the things they do in this season, I've never seen before yeah. on TV and it's so cool and so fascinating. So yeah, there's some r- truly artistic moments here. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. That definitely make you go, am I watching the same show? Like this mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but just so you know, the plan going forward is we are going to try to keep doing season four for at least three weeks out of the month. 
and one week we're going to reserve so we can jump back into our D&D world and play with our friends because you know what? We need it. Even if you don't want it, we need it. Yeah. So we're going to do it. We're really having fun with it. And we, we love playing with our friends, Crystal and Chris. Yeah. L- listen to those episodes because um, it's it's quite possibly the future of this podcast is just D&D. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we love doing it. And it's yep. stupid. <laughs> and totally. That's, it makes you grin, leave it in. And that's what I'm here for is yep. to be stupid. And yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know where you can find us? Not Probably not. But we're on social media, um, yep. Rebels, Rebels Pod, pretty much everywhere. That's how you search yep. things. Um, yep. That's our Gmail, Rebels, Rebels Pod at gmail.com. We're getting too many emails. I have to ask, <laughs> stop sending the emails. Mike's being sarcastic. With the email. I don't know why you'd email us. I mean, emails, I guess you want to be on the show, or um, but you're not going to be <laughs> <laughs> because we've already planned that out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Email me a haiku. If you email me a Star Wars specific haiku, I will. We will read it. Ooh, I like that. They're short. They're sweet. They're haikus. They're neat. I will say, I don't know if we ever we ever shouted this out on the episode, but last time you you complained about uh, oh yeah not getting emails, we did get an email from Jolly Sparrow. Yeah, we got a great email. We got two yeah. emails. It was really oh we got two oh I didn't get the second one we'll we'll track down the second one and we'll shout them out on the next episode too but um it was it was super sweet they gave us some really fun thoughts um their rating scale was Kanan and Harris first on screen kiss which is something we were just talking about yeah to all the added crap in the original trilogy re releases yeah uh, they just say just what all of it's so distracting yeah <laughs> so that's really fair. I appreciate that. I'm sorry if we didn't shout you out earlier, um, but thank you so much for listening and thanks for emailing us. Otherwise, you can message us on Instagram, which is probably the best place we are. Sure. Um, the best we'll, place we'll go we on Twitter sure. and but you, you Twitter's a trash fire. So whatever. Okay. Yep. And as we said, thank you for telling your friends. It really is the only way the show will grow. Um, yeah. We really appreciate it. And we are, it feels good to be back. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be talking about this with you, Mike. Yeah, excited to close out this chapter of our all of our lives. Rebels will live for us forever, but Rebels, Rebels, yep. we will die like a phoenix and <laughs> rise from the ashes to start our second podcast, Boys Meet World. <laughs> so until next time, remember to be brave out there. Don't look back. Don't. Bye. Bye.